Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about adrenal insufficiency in children. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerotofinals.com slash adrenal insufficiency or in the endocrinology section of the Zero to Finals pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. Adrenal insufficiency occurs where the adrenal glands do not produce enough steroid hormones particularly cortisol and aldosterone. Steroids are essential for life. Therefore, the condition is life-threatening unless the steroid hormones are replaced. Firstly, let's briefly recap the adrenal axis physiology. Cortisol is secreted by the two adrenal glands which sit above each of the kidneys. The release of cortisol is controlled by the hypothalamus in the brain. And cortisol is released in pulses and in response to a stressful stimulus. It's called a stress hormone. And it has diurnal variation, which basically means that it's high and low at different times of the day. Typically, cortisol peaks early in the morning, triggering us to wake up and get going. And it's at its lowest late in the evening, prompting us to relax and get to sleep. The hypothalamus releases corticotrophin-releasing hormone, or CRH. And this stimulates the anterior pituitary to release adrenocorticotrophic hormone, or ACTH. And this in turn stimulates the adrenal gland to release cortisol. The adrenal axis is controlled by negative feedback, which means that cortisol is sensed by the hypothalamus and the anterior pituitary, and the cortisol suppresses the release of CRH and ACTH. This results in lower amounts of cortisol being released and in this way cortisol is closely regulated to keep it in its normal limits. Cortisol has several actions in the body. It inhibits the immune system. It inhibits bone formation. It raises blood sugar levels. It increases metabolism and increases alertness. Aldosterone is also a hormone that's released by the adrenal glands and this is a mineralocorticoid steroid hormone that acts on the nephrons in the kidneys to increase sodium reabsorption in the distal tubule, increase potassium secretion in the distal tubule and increase hydrogen secretion in the collecting ducts. And if aldosterone is increasing sodium reabsorption, you've got to remember that when sodium is reabsorbed, water follows the sodium by osmosis. And this leads to an increase in intravascular volume and subsequently an increase in the blood pressure. Addison's disease refers to the specific condition where the adrenal glands have been damaged, resulting in reduced secretion of cortisol and aldosterone. And this is called primary adrenal insufficiency. And the most common cause is autoimmune. Secondary adrenal insufficiency is caused by inadequate ACTH stimulating the adrenal glands and this results in low levels of cortisol being released. This is the result of loss or damage to the pituitary gland and it can be due to congenital underdevelopment or hypoplasia of the pituitary gland. It can also be caused by surgery, infection, loss of blood flow or radiotherapy to the pituitary. Tertiary adrenal insufficiency is the result of inadequate CRH released by the hypothalamus. And this is usually the result of patients being on long-term oral steroids for more than three weeks, which causes suppression of the hypothalamus. 
When the exogenous steroids or the steroids that they're taking by mouth are suddenly withdrawn, the hypothalamus doesn't wake up fast enough and the endogenous steroids or the steroids produced by the body are not adequately produced. Therefore, long-term steroids should be tapered slowly to allow time for the adrenal axis to regain its normal function. Adrenal insufficiency can present in babies with features of lethargy, vomiting, poor feeding, hypoglycemia or low blood sugar levels, jaundice and failure to thrive. It can also present with features in older children of nausea and vomiting, poor weight gain or weight loss, reduced appetite, which we call anorexia, abdominal pain, muscle weakness or cramps, developmental delay or poor academic performance, and bronze hyperpigmentation of the skin can occur in Addison's disease, and this is caused by the high ACTH levels. The ACTH levels will be high in Addison's because the cortisol level is low, so there's no negative feedback on the hypothalamus and pituitary gland. ACTH stimulates melanocytes, which are the pigmented cells in the skin, causing pigmentation of the skin. So patients with Addison's have bronze hyperpigmentation. Let's talk about the investigations. All children with suspected adrenal insufficiency should have use and ease because they may have hyponatremia and hyperkalemia or a low sodium and a high potassium. They should also have their blood sugar levels checked because they may be hypoglycemic or have a low blood sugar level. Ideally, before administering steroids, where you want to test for a diagnosis, the cortisol, ACTH, aldosterone and renin levels should be checked. In Addison's disease, which is primary adrenal failure, where the adrenal glands are failing, there will be a low cortisol, a high ACTH because there's no negative feedback on the hypothalamus and pituitary. There may also be a low aldosterone and a high renin level. In secondary adrenal insufficiency, where the low cortisol is the result of inadequate production of ACTH by the pituitary gland, there'll be a low cortisol, a low ACTH. And because the production of aldosterone is independent from the pituitary gland, there'll be a normal aldosterone and a normal renin level. Let's talk about the short synactin test, which is also called the ACTH stimulation test. The short synactin test can be used to confirm adrenal insufficiency. It's ideally performed in the morning when the adrenal glands are at their most fresh and it involves giving synactin, which is synthetic ACTH. The blood cortisol is measured at baseline 30 minutes and 60 minutes after administration of the synactin and the synthetic ACTH will stimulate healthy adrenal glands to produce cortisol the cortisol level should at least double in response to the synactin. A failure of the cortisol to at least double from the baseline indicates primary adrenal insufficiency or Addison's disease and failing adrenal glands. Let's talk about the management next. Treatment of adrenal insufficiency is with replacement steroids titrated to the signs, symptoms and electrolytes. Hydrocortisone is a glucocorticoid hormone that's used to replace cortisol. Fludrocortisone is a mineralocorticoid that's used to replace aldosterone if the aldosterone is also insufficient. 
Patients are given a steroid card and an emergency ID tag to inform emergency services that they're dependent on steroids for life. And steroids are essential to life, therefore the doses should not be missed. And the doses are increased during acute illness to match the normal steroid response to illness. Patients should be followed up by a specialist paediatric endocrinologist and have an individual care plan. And they're closely monitored for their growth and development, their blood pressure, their renal profile, glucose levels, bone profile and vitamin D levels. It's important to be familiar with sick day rules, which are what needs to happen during acute illnesses. Usually minor coughs and colds without a fever do not require any changes to the medication. However, if the child is more unwell, for example, they have a temperature over 38 degrees or they have vomiting and diarrhea, then there's an increased demand on the body for steroids to deal with this illness. They're also at increased risk of becoming hypoglycemic. And they need to have an individual care plan documenting exactly how to manage acute illnesses. The dose of the steroids needs to be increased and given more regularly during the illness until it's completely resolved. Normally this involves doubling the dose of the steroids during acute illness. The blood sugar levels need to be monitored closely and they need to eat foods containing carbohydrates regularly to prevent them becoming hypoglycemic. And with diarrhea and vomiting, they may need an intramuscular injection of steroids at home and likely require admission for IV steroids if things are getting worse. Next, we'll move on to Addisonian crisis or adrenal crisis. Addisonian crisis is a term used to describe an acute presentation of severe Addison's or severe adrenal insufficiency where the absence of steroid hormones results in a life-threatening presentation, and patients can be very unwell. They present with reduced consciousness, hypotension, hypoglycemia, hyponatremia, or low sodium, and hyperkalemia, or a high potassium. Adrenal crisis can be the first presentation of Addison's disease, or it can be triggered by an infection, trauma, or an acute illness in someone who already has Addison's disease. It can also occur in patients who are on long-term steroids that have suppressed their natural steroid production when the patient stops taking those steroids abruptly. Don't wait to perform investigations and establish a definitive diagnosis if you suspect somebody has adrenal crisis because they need to be initiated on treatment immediately as the condition is life-threatening. The management of adrenal crisis is with intensive monitoring, particularly if they're acutely unwell, parenteral steroids, for example, IV hydrocortisone, IV fluid resuscitation, correcting hypoglycemia, and carefully monitoring their electrolytes and fluid balance. So thanks for listening to this episode on adrenal insufficiency. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you found this podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book. You can also find a full audiobook version of all of the Zero to Finals books on Audible. And you can find notes, videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerodefinals.com. And I hope you tune in for the next episode where we'll talk about congenital adrenal hyperplasia.